Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all it's being. I'm your host, Evan Greenberg. Today with me is just me and my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Ashawabke. Sammy, how are you? Doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. Do we want to talk about your exciting recent news? We're recording this on Friday, May 1st, and yesterday we had some, we don't really like to get into the personal stuff too much, but it's up to you if you want to Um, tell our listeners. I'll just I'll just drop a little a little thing. I got engaged. Congratulations, our man Sammy got engaged on a great old Zoom engagement as classic Wonderful and old fashioned gets. <laughs> Traditional. <laughs> oh yeah. So congratulations to you on that. Super excited for you. Thank Obviously, you. none of you listeners will be invited to the wedding. <laughs> but I mean, if they all listen to it, they can come. Yeah. If if you become some actual go from listeners to friends of the pod, maybe we'll consider it. What are we doing today, Evan? Today, we are moving on. I alluded to this last week. We are starting our NFL draft grades. We're focusing specifically on the draft now, and we're going team by team. We're going to have lots of guests for all 32 teams, or at least one guest for most of the 32 teams. And we're going to go team by team, player by player, and give a grade for each player. And today, we are starting with the Miami Dolphins. Ryan Flores and the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we've talked about them plenty before, of course, but I thought they were a good team for us for two reasons. One, I wanted the first episode to be just the two of us so we can go over our process for how our grading system, I guess, in the one sense. And then when we're doing our episodes with our guests, you only have to hear them and we don't have to reiterate it time and time again. And then also, considering they had six picks in the first 70 and those are a lot of the picks that we focused on pre-draft. It's just, we'll have more to talk about here and some of the other teams that have five, six and seventh round picks that are less interesting. I figure those with three people, they'll generally take longer. And then with two people, with just two of us for a lot of these picks, we can get through it a little quicker. Yeah, especially uh, especially with the Dolphins. <laughs> Yeah, the Dolphins, they are, like I said, they have three first-round picks, two seconds, and a third. Yeah. Tammy, what's your grading system? How did you grade, make your grade for each pick? So I looked at the team's needs. I looked at if the player they selected was either best player on the board or best player by need. And I felt my, my style when I would play Madden is typically drafting by needs. So first, first, foremost, they addressed a need and a a significant need. Then you get a a high grade for me. If it's a reach would be a lower grade, depending on if it was a need or not. If it was a need, but it was a reach, it wouldn't be as high as my original score. But if it was a reach and I just didn't think they needed to draft them in the first place, then we're, we're in the negatives here. And I'm gonna go by a letter letter scale, a system. Okay, that's what I that was gonna be. What was my final question was gonna be? So letters based on needs and value based on what what we had what we had them pre-draft or just kind of what the consensus is at this point. The general consensus at this point, there were a couple of players that we addressed during a couple of the post-draft episodes that we were surprised to see them drop. And we consider them steals by those teams. So those picks, when we get to those teams, we'll address that. For sure. Mine works similarly in a way. 
I have there's six grades that any player can get. There's you get checks, which is if the p- player hits a team need. I used my pre-draft needs. If you go back to those episodes, but I'm gonna probably list them even anyway before we kind of go through the teams. That'll be one part. You get a check no matter what for a team need, and then you get a plus if the player was considered value, a value pick or a steal, as you mentioned. And I did that pretty much on a general basis. I didn't go crazy with if the guy was, for example, eighth overall for us projected and he went sixth. I didn't say that was bad value. That was pretty much normal value or vice versa. If it was the sixth, if we expected the guy to go sixth and he went eighth, I didn't consider that a steal. But there is more of a skew towards if a guy, for example, was supposed to go in the 30s to 40s and he got taken 15th i'm going to consider that more of a reach but then if it's a guy that maybe we had 130th and they went 115th that i'm not considering a reach that's pretty much normal and then obviously with the later rounds it's much easier to have a steal you'll see with the six especially with the sixth and seventh round picks none of them are really poor value so the best grade you can get is a check plus which means you hit a team need with great value a check is where you hit team need, not regular value. Check minus is you probably reach for a guy position in need. Plus, great value, not a need. A zero is neither a need nor great value. And then a minus is the worst you can get. That is essentially what would be your D or F, where they reached on a guy that they didn't need. So our first team today is the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. And they're... F- All right, I guess... Pre-draft needs. You want to give me what you have for pre-draft needs? You can start with your needs. You start with yours. Okay. My pre-draft needs. The Dolphins obviously were a bad team last year. They had a lot of picks this year, which is an account of just not having a lot of talent in previous years. My needs were quarterback, running back, right tackle, guard, safety, outside linebacker, and D-tackle. And I don't think any of them were really addressed in free agency by the time we I we did our original Dolphins pre-draft guide to once the draft came around. Pretty much the same. Yeah, I was agree pretty much the same with you there. Quarterback, tackle, guard, safety. Those were my main four that I uh, emphasized. And then wide receivers, tackle, edge, pretty much pretty much a decent number of holes. Yeah, do they not I guess I didn't have wide receiver. I oh, know I should have. I oh, because I did when I wrote it. I said offense minus tight end, and then mainly QB ah. running back, right tackle, guard. <laughs> but I probably should have. It's pretty much all the offense besides tight end. I thought they were okay. Which I I did just mainly with these. I just addressed the QB running back, right tackle, guard as checks or not. But honestly, if it, if guys like wide receivers or left tackles, they're also fine. All right, you ready? Starting I'm with ready. our first pick from the Miami Dolphins. Number five overall, Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback from Alabama. What was your ranking? I gave this an A-plus for Miami due to the fact that Tua was one of two quarterbacks going to the draft that we had highly rated with, other one being Joe Burrow. I addressed that they one of Miami's biggest needs was having a quarterback because they can't rely on having Fitzpatrick for the future. And they're not really having him for the future. He's just a good placeholder for now. He's a placeholder for now. I won't even say that good. He's a placeholder for now. And 
not only that, what I think really pushed this, like originally I was looking, when I was looking at this, I was just going to give them an A due to his ability as a quarterback would just be amazing for their offense. But what made it an A plus for me was that they didn't have to trade up for him. I think that really solidified it for me that this was an A plus pick without having to trade up and lose any more capital to get him. Because that was a rumor going around for the week, week leading up to the draft between the Lions at three and the Giants at four. There was a lot of talk of them wanting to trade down and everyone expected the Dolphins. And there was even that late push that the Dolphins were trying to trade up to number one and get Joe Burrow most likely and the Bengals would buff them. And the Dolphins were smart. They understood that teams weren't really looking to trade up, especially with the virtual draft, I think was a big factor in all this where teams were a little reluctant to move around, especially in the early round, which let Tua follow them to five. I'm happy I, honestly, you just giving Tua an A+, I'm happy I didn't do a grading system because I feel like I would have been a lot more stricter on how I graded. Because my system, I feel like, is a little more objective. Tua, I gave him a check plus because I mentioned quarterback, major need. They got that. And then kind of, Almost as a joke, but not really, that the tank for Tua worked and they didn't have to get the number one overall pick to tank for Tua. Because going into this past NFL and college football season, Tua was clearly the number one prospect, number one quarterback, and the Dolphins were tanking very vivid very vividly, or Yeah. It was very obvious to tell that they were tanking. And then they kinda end up winning a few games at the end of the year. Tua got hurt. Joe Burrow ascended. The Dolphins essentially were able to get Tua without having to completely go 1-15 and get the number one overall pick. And I think he'll be, end up being the best quarterback in the class. So check plus for me. Hey now. Hey now. Those are fighting words. We've talked about that. We don't need to. We've argued this already. We don't need to do it again. No, this is a great pick for Miami. And it was probably the most sure pick that they... They could not have messed it up anymore. Like anyone else, they messed it up. Yeah, pretty much. That's a lot of the top picks, honestly. But let's move on to their next pick, the 18th overall pick, where they took Austin Jackson, left tackle out of USC. What was your grade for that pick? I was not a fan of this pick, to be honest, because I felt it was a huge reach for him. I didn't consider him as a day one guy, as a day one draft guy. I consider him as a late draft, day two, early day three prospect. I know that I said that we had to address, they needed to address their offensive line, but they signed Eric Flowers. And then, I mean, he's a tackle, not a guard. So that doesn't really affect his position on the line. But I don't know. I felt it was a huge reach trying to look at who else was above him that I would have taken. Josh Jones. This was Josh Jones, probably. Josh Jones, probably, yeah. I, I wouldn't mean, give the... second round guys, but yeah, keep going. I, I was going to give this... I'm between... Because of just how huge of a reach it was for me, I'm giving this a C grade, to be honest. That's fair. I don't really disagree with you. I gave it a check minus because I said left tackle or really offensive line was a need. And I completely agree that we had him late second round, third round grade. I had started to see in the day or two before the draft 
that he was all of a sudden getting first round buzz. I just don't really see it. I thought Josh Jones and a couple of other tackles were better. And the fact that they, it, I don't think the Dolphins even necessarily reached too much. It just seemed like that was the consensus, but I just disagree with it. Which leads to me giving it a check minus. Hit a need, felt it was a reach, just like you. Well, then you want to get to the next pick, because I have a lot to say about this next pick. Okay. 30th overall pick, Noah Igbenogany, cornerback out of Auburn. I'll go first, I guess, since you have a lot to say. My grade is either a zero if he stays as a cornerback, or if he gets moved to safety, then it can become a check. It's a little bit of a reach. We had him as a second-round grade. I didn't think it was too crazy that they took him 30th overall. I just think positionally it didn't make any sense because they already gave Byron Jones a huge contract and they already had Xavier Howard on a huge contract. Both of those guys are pretty young. It's not like you're looking for a successor. If he moves to safety, I think it's a good pick. It's or at least a fine pick. He's a good athlete. He probably will te- need a little time to transition over there. And I don't, this is just honestly speculation by me that him going to safety makes more sense because they were at a much greater need safety at the cornerback. But other, if it, like I said, so there's a zero grade if he stays at cornerback and he's just their third cornerback. If they plan on moving him to safety, then it's a check. At least you're hitting val. At least you're hitting a need. If it's not great value, it's fine value. You pretty much said most of what I want to say. I just wanted to add that he doesn't really have. He only has a couple of years of cornerback experience because he used to be a wide receiver, as I think you just mentioned. No, or, I didn't, but you didn't mention it. No, you, you were mentioning he could convert him to safety, but he actually converted from a wide receiver to a cornerback, so he's still learning in the cornerback role, which typically you see cornerbacks transitioning to the offensive side. Now, with him, if they keep him in as cornerback, like you said, this pick, they already had two pricey players in, their, in that position. Unless they want to, like, use his raw talent and figure out somewhere where like i guess if you if you move him to safety then yeah i guess it'd be a more serviceable pick but if you keep him at cornerback this is a d pick for me this is this was a horrible pick i didn't i he wasn't even one of my favorite cornerbacks going into the draft in the first place i had him as a day day two day three guy i had him in the fifth like 40s or 50s which that's why i kept it as just i didn't make it a minus I think the difference isn't terrible and if a team liked him, but there were a lot of cornerbacks that were around that we've had valued higher that we'll talk about later on with other teams draft picks, of course. But yeah, I, if he's a cornerback, it seems a little bit questionable. If he develops, I guess, and you have three really good cornerbacks, I would try to move him to safety. If he's considering, as you said, he is very raw and he had the athlete of a wide receiver going for that transition from cornerback to safety. Shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of them reaching for him when there were a few other cornerbacks, like you mentioned, that would have been if they were actually going for cornerback and not only a cornerback, they could have they could have drafted. Well, if they wanted to move him to safety, they could have drafted one of the safeties that were available. There was many, many safety options that were drafted early, mid second round. Yep, that if they wanted to move him to safety, then then that this became an F if they're moving him to safety. But at least they need a safety. If you're and he's a good as you mentioned, he's a good athlete. It might not be a year one guy. And the Dolphins are probably a year or two away from really competing anyway. If you want to put yeah. that into context. 
it's it's not great. It's not a bad pick. It's not an awful pick, but it's not it's nowhere near a good pick. At best, it's average. At worst, it's just doesn't make that much sense. Second round, Robert Hunt, right tackle, guard, 39th overall. What'd you have as a grade? So I am a fan of him. The problem is Miami, I don't think necessarily needed to address it immediately. I felt they need to address the tackle positions more than the guards. I gave this a C plus due to the fact that they already have Eric Flowers and they drafted uh, Michael Dieter last year in the third round to play right guard. And if the plan was to have Hunt as a tackle, because we mentioned that he can play guard and tackle, then maybe this would be a C plus B minus. But if they're planning on keeping him as a guard, they already have two guards for me that I feel like they were settled in. They need to address the tackles more. So so it depends. Do you see them going to moving him to guard or tackle? I think they'll keep putting him at tackle. That's what I put in my kind of assumption with the pick, that they're going to move him as tackle. But the versatility is a benefit. They will likely try to at least start him at tackle. And if it doesn't work well, you can rotate your guards around or he just ends up being a, another right guard, which definitely would would make the pick seem worse. I, I My guess is it's going to be he's being drafted as a right tackle. He's a right tackle. I'll give him a, I'll give him a B plus grade. Um, I have felt that, you know, we mentioned him as one of our favorite guard tackle players, but I recall we always mentioned him as a day three pick. Not day three, but late round two, round three. Late round two, round three. Yes, because we always mentioned him in our, yeah, we only went with the first two days, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, my grade for him similarly is either a check as assuming he's a right tackle or even a check minus because he was taking 39 and we had him earliest in the 60s. And I think that's a that is a pretty big reach, which either way, it's not great. It's somewhere between a check and check minus. The value is not good. The third I, this is the third pick in a row, really, where they did not get strong value. And spoiler, it's going to continue next pick. 56th overall, Raquan Davis, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Gave it a check minus. We had him in the 90s and 100s. Even a lot of the other experts felt like this was a reach. I didn't see anywhere that people thought that they were getting. He could be good. He could be a really good player, but he fell a lot. And this seems like the Dolphins missed the memo on that. So check minus for me. Just a, just a reach, even though they needed a D-tackle. I similarly gave him a, a C-plus. Just due to the fact that, you know, his explosive ability is really good, but he probably fits on a 3-4 type of front as opposed to a 4-3. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether they service that or not to him depends. But I see it as a, I, I'm with you on, I'm with a C plus on this. It's a fair On grade. the same points that you mentioned. Good. And then moving to the third round, they had one pick with the 70th overall, Brandon Jones, safety out of Texas. Continuing with the trend, check minus for me. They needed a safety. I saw him. We didn't even mention him, which means he's outside the top 105, 110 or so. When I looked at places like NFL.com, that's where I, a lot of the later grades, I looked at what their projections were for these players. And he was a four, round four or round five guy. Taking him at 70 just seems like a reach to me. I don't, I'm not that impressed with Brandon Jones. 
he probably could have gotten a better safety 70 overall. So check my eyes. I, yeah, I gave this a D grade. Um, I wasn't a fan of Brandon Jones. Um, it's not even, I remember when I was, when I looked into coverage for the safeties, it seems like he, he himself, he wasn't planning on staying at safety. He might be trying to change to another position. He might be, he might have given some scouts the idea that he want to move on offense at some point. So if he does that and you drafted a safety. Who doesn't want to play safety. Yeah, that's just a D grade. But like, why are you going to draft a safety who wants to be wide receiver? Who's never, at least in college, didn't play wide receiver. That, yeah, the pick didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, not a great pick. It's not. Yeah. You know, what's funny. We've gone through the first three rounds and I'm looking at them, and I consider them, as, like we mentioned in the winners and losers, like we liked this draft. When I'm going pick by pick, some interesting grades. Truthfully, with me, I like them more from their, we like their free agency. I thought they made a lot of good moves there. And then at least they've hit their needs in just about every one of these picks. The only one so far that I didn't have it with a check is uh, Igbenogany, but that's only if he plays cornerback. Every other pick, even if the value wasn't great, at least they're hitting needs at this point. And that's my that is my general takeaway of this draft, this team where they hit needs consistently. They just didn't get great value on a lot of those picks, and some of them they took at least a round too early. But this next guy, their fourth round pick, one hundred eleventh overall, Solomon Kinley, guard out of Georgia. I gave him a check plus. Kinley, I liked. We had talked about him, I believe, round three grade, and mm-hmm. guard was not highly valued in this draft a lot of other guards fell as well for me that doesn't matter as much considering they still got him about a round or so later i think he's a very solid guard and guard was a big position need that they hadn't really hit at this point they hit the tackles on offense and you're just continually you're giving to a protection for the future i like this pick a lot check plus yeah i gave this a uh, i gave this an a minus grade actually suit to the fact of how they were able to get him in the fourth round. And we mentioned that his his ability as a guard was probably we consider one of the top guards, whether whether when you look at it, how much the guards ended up falling, when you look respect to the other guards that were drafted as well. But I gave them a, I gave him an A minus grade. Okay, I'm glad we're pretty much in agreement there. Moving on to the fifth round, they had two picks. They had Jason Starbridge, 154th overall, defensive lineman for UNC. I gave this one just a check. Hits defensive line, as I said, is a need. Defense, the interior of the defensive line. He is projected round five-ish, maybe even six. But that's not, at this point, it's not a big deal for me. Hits a need. It's a check. Oh, before, actually, I just remember, before before I, I give my grade on, on him, I want to reiterate about uh, Kinley. So I know about Hunt that I gave him a bad grade because I considered, you know, if they drafted him as a guard when they already have two guards already, I gave him uh, a bad, like I gave them this criticism and I just gave Kinley a positive for that. Alone for the fact that Kinley was considered a steal at this point. And also I liked Kinley more than Hunt in the first place in my rankings of guards. I felt it was a much better fit if you're going to draft a guard specifically. I would have gone with Kinley over Hunt. So it's nothing on Hunt. It's it's just if you're drafting him as a guard, I'm not a fan of it. But yeah, Kinley, I'm a fan of. 
they were over 70 picks apart. And if you had them similarly ranked, one of them is either going to be a huge deal or a huge reach. Or in this case, it was really one was somewhat of a reach. Some one was a decent steal. Exactly. Okay, let's move on to that fifth round. So who, what I gave Jason Sourbridge just a check, hit a need. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't thrilled or didn't hate the pick. Just a standard C. Like, I don't think I explained at the beginning, but if you just hit the need, it's a C. Like, it's average. It's nothing nothing spectacular. I guess your check plus is when you start... Like, it's similar to your check when it's a check plus or, or check plus plus is when you look at B or A grade for me. But if it's just an average, you hit your need, it's a C. I think I've only given a check plus plus to one player in this. And I've gotten through over 20, I think 20 teams. And so far I've only given one check plus plus does not come on the Dolphins. Ooh, I can't wait till we get to that then. I think I do. We'll we'll talk about it after, but I believe I've picked one check plus plus somewhere. But yeah, Stowbridge is a C for me. Yeah, just a very average pick. Their 164th pick, Curtis Weaver, defensive end out of Boise State. That got a plus for me. I did not have defensive end necessarily as a need. But we had him as what a day three, a round three guy. Yeah, I I'm with you on him. yeah. Getting him as a yes as their second fifth round pick, very good value. It's a it's a pretty much a steal. Give him the give him the plus. Yeah, I gave him a B plus due to the fact that it was a steal, not exactly a need like you mentioned, but his value and where they got him, and at this point. When you're looking at the players who were drafted later in the fifth round, going in the sixth and seventh round, the these player values start to become very um, value doesn't matter at this at, as you get later on in the in the drafts. But when you have someone who had value and you picked him, like Curtis Weaver, he had a lot of value. Yeah, as I alluded to when I was talking about my grades, once you get to the later rounds, if it's a need, it's a check. It's probably a zero if it's not a need. And then if we talked about, really, if we talked about them previously, if I saw them in the top 100 or so or big boards, rounds five, if they're drafted rounds five or later, you're getting the plus. Not really. You're not going to get any, there's no sixth round pick that's a minus. I know some people want to like disvalue a kicker taking the fifth or sixth or seventh round. I could care less if a team feels like they need that there. I actually didn't, I gave a NA grade for any kickers and punters. I just we didn't talk about them. I didn't do any research of them. Kickers are, I do have a little, do, can I go off on kickers a little bit? And not you really go off on kickers because the next pick we're going to talk about is going to be those interesting positions. Kickers and punters, they're just, besides the fact that you only really need one per team, maybe two, which is why they just, they're not any valuable. And then they only, only play special teams. So they're doing kickoffs, extra points and field goals at the max. But partly, I think, why kickers are just so lowly valued in the draft, because they are certainly valuable for a team. If you can't make field goals, a lot of teams that struggle with making kicks don't do well. Because you lose a lot of close games, You just your team just is not as good with a bad kicker. The issue is, it's so hard to determine from college who's going to be a good kicker in the NFL. The most recent example was Roberto Aguayo, who was one of the greatest kickers in college history at Florida State, got drafted early by the Tampa Bay Bucks and was just a huge disappointment. I don't even think he's on a team now, and it's only been three years, three or four years. 
it's just it's so hard to determine the value of a kicker that teams seem to get scared which is why that anyone that's any kicker that's taken the fifth sixth or seventh round you'll see people arguing that they should have done it but if they need a kicker take him if he you think he's the guy i don't see why you don't take him even if he doesn't pan out at least you're trying and for a lot of teams i think you allude to this at some point that Really, only five teams have good kickers. You or somebody else did. It was definitely discussed on the podcast. And I don't disagree with that. You have certain teams like the Ravens, obviously, who are good. But most of the other teams, unless you have a really great kicker, you can always try to find a better kicker. Well, when it comes to punters, someone's going to snap them the ball. Someone does have to snap them the ball. And the Dolphins know this. In their sixth-round pick, 185th overall, they took Blake Ferguson, long snapper, out of LSU. What's a plus. Grade, a plus. A plus. <laughs> um, I gave him a check too. <laughs> but for an actual serious grade for it, I, I really don't know if you can really grade long snappers. Like if if it wasn't from L if it wasn't just from the fact that he's from LSU, I would have just left this as like NA not available. Like <laughs> you yeah, really don't know how you're supposed to rank grade long snappers. I put check plus in the humor sense. One being a long snapper, two from LSU. I'm probably giving him an NA. If not, I'm giving him a minus just because why are you drafting a long snapper? <laughs> there's, no, there's no long snapper that's actually valuable enough to draft. Hey, there are three there are three teams in, in football. Offense, defense, and special teams. That's why we that's what my whole kicker's rant was about. Long snapper just is not you can get him undrafted. That's probably my take on that. He's the only one in this draft. So after this, you'll never have to hear about long snappers ever again. <laughs> Just give it an NA. We don't, we, I couldn't tell you a single thing about which long snappers are good or not. I honestly don't know any long snapper in the league. Blake Ferguson's now going to be the first if he makes the Dolphins roster. Um, if you want to hear something interesting about Blake Ferguson, though. Of course. Um, he was a team captain for LSU. That makes sense. That's why people teams love those captains. You and talk he also about had uh, he also has uh, type like one diabetes as well. He's gonna he's gritty. He's got that coat. He's a, he was a captain. That's all that matters, right? Exactly. All of a sudden, now his draft value is up like a round. Good for LSU for making a long snapper a captain so he could get drafted. He also has type one diabetes and gone through a lot of adversity through it. It's a nice story. Oh, good for him. Good for him. Last pick, I actually, this one's a lot of fun. Malcolm Perry, wide receiver slash quarterback from Navy. The Navy quarterbacks were just always funny. I just never know what to make of them. None of them ever pan out in the NFL, unless I guess you want to count Roger Staubach, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, they're good athletes. They don't really throw the ball much. And then they always have to, go, most of them have to go away on duty anyway. I just put, I put, it's a zero grade for me. It's just, it's whatever. I get like I guess a QB, but he's probably going to be a wide receiver. I didn't have that as a need. I guess it could have been a need. I didn't have it. And then he's like, I would be surprised if he makes a roster. If he does, he's going to be a special teamer. It's just, it's whatever. At 246, you can't really expect to get too much. Yeah. Um, I feel like he would be a fun gadget player to have on that offense. I gave it just a B, B minus flip a coin like it's really hard to do like if if the if he makes the team and he makes that offense i think he'd be a fun gadget player just because of 
You have no idea what you can work with. He could even help run Wildcat with, I mean, that's what his special ability. You really want to go with that. Have him being Tua's backup as in the Wildcat formation. I'm cool with the triple option Wildcat thing. It's just, it doesn't happen. He's the classic guy who you see a lot in college, who does a lot of college and has a lot of stats. But it's just he's not going to translate into the NFL in a significant role. And like I said, he's probably a special teamer if he makes a team. Or on some other team, he'll become a special teamer if he hangs around. If not, he'll just do Navy stuff. Respect Navy. Go Navy. Anything else? I mean, I mentioned my one main takeaway was that most of these picks hit needs. The only ones that didn't, you could maybe say Perry and then maybe say Igbenogany and then Curtis Weaver, but Curtis Weaver was one of their better picks, but a lot of reaches. That was really good. They hit their needs. They certainly, clearly their draft board was different than what we had and a lot of other draft experts had. That's kind of really what you need to know about what the Dolphins did in this draft. Overall, what would you give it? Overall, if I'm doing your kind of grading... Because my grading, I don't think, is applicable, or it's not. It's not applicable. Yeah, I um, guess my grading, because I guess you gave a check for all sixteen picks. Was it sixteen? No. No, I gave a check for all but two, and probably a B minus. I think needs important. The reaches bring it down, or B or B minus. You get a degree. You didn't look great doing it. <laughs> Bs get degrees. He's get degrees. The Dolphins are getting that degree, but they're towards the bottom of their class. Yeah, overall, when you not that I want to average out the the value of each pick and each grade for their picks, but overall, I would give it a a B grade as well. I didn't hate it. There were a lot of reaches, but they weren't necessarily bad players. Like it's it's not like there were many play. The only one, the only reason why it didn't go any higher was probably the Davis and the cornerback Mauburn. I still can't pronounce his name. Igbenogany. Igbenogany. Those two bring it down. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a good draft. I mean, it's it's an, it's an all right draft for, for the Dolphins. They didn't mess it up. They did. They might. I mean, they might have. Tua wasn't a mess up. But if a lot of these guys, if they're not the, it, they're really a high variance because they had so much draft capital. Obviously, with three first rounders and two second rounders, that if these players pan out, if most of those guys in the first three rounds are six picks, and then you got Kinley Weaver, who we like, if even four of those top six pan out, this team could look really good in two or three years. But if we're right, and a lot of those guys shouldn't have been taken where they were taken, and maybe four of those don't pan out, then this is a huge foul of a draft. They have more variance just due to their the amount of picks and where they had those picks and probably any other team we're going to talk about, which is another reason why I wanted to do them first. Yeah, and I just want to highlight Igbenogany again, simply due to if they're moving him to safety, there were four or five bigger name, way more... There were, there were a few... Let me phrase that. There were few safety names... That should have gone in the first day, that fell to the second day, and if they're looking to move him to there, then that's then then I would give this a B minus C plus because that was a huge need that they needed. You did it again, huge need that they needed. <laughs> the need that they needed, it comes back. Hey, when you're exhausted the day after an engagement, I get a pass. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. 
on that note, we're gonna we start with the Dolphins. We don't have any specific order for this. We're gonna go really when we're recording, our guests are recording, and then by the time I produce our episodes and get them up, they'll probably be pretty much out of order. I don't want to do division by division. We obviously didn't go alphabetical. Can't tell you who's gonna be up next, but make sure you tune in and thanks thanks for doing this, Sammy. Even on a day like today. <laughs> Ooh, my head's still spinning. Head's still spinning for Blake Ferguson. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast. We're on just about any platform. Download our episodes, listen to them, tell your friends. Check us out on Twitter at Graspit2020. You can email us at graspit2020 at gmail.com. And talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.